it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Small towns. Growing up in them my entire life, I can surely tell you you'll never know what you'll find if you walk out in the woods just a little bit. I spent a lot of my days making bike trails, forts, and all kinds of cool things. I would dig down deep, make forts underground, or sometimes I'd even climb up into trees and make forts up there, and I saw my fair share of strange and wonky things. Welcome back to the swamp, my friends, and welcome if you're new. Today we're going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true small town horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or at r slash thedarkswamp on reddit. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp, and without further ado, be sure to punch that like button, subscribe if you're new, and get ready for some creepy and allegedly true horror stories from small towns. Hey swamp folk! Have you heard about the Chilling App? The absolutely mind-blowing and game-changing app for scary stories and all-around horror content? Well, I've been working with them for about two years now, with my close friend Being Scared who started the app and other great narrators like your maker, Mr. Creepypasta, The Dark Somnium, Let's Read, and many, many more. Every single week we upload hours and hours of brand new content. We have an exclusive ambient sound menu which has changed the game forever. You can change any ambient sound, music, or background noise you want without even interrupting the story at any given moment. Plus so many more things are coming very soon. Independent horror movies, novels, classic horror radio, non-stop scary stories ranging from true crime, true scary stories, creepypasta, and more. Everything you need as a horror addict is right here in one app. Be sure to download your free trial with the link in the description today to try out the Chilling App, the number one place for horror. Man in the Bushes by Beastosaurus So this event happened to me about an hour ago at a park near where I live. At around 11.30pm on July 12th, four friends and I played Sardines at a park near us. Sardines is a game similar to Hide and Seek where there is one hider and the rest are seekers. However, once a seeker finds a hider, they hide with them as the remaining players continue to seek, and the game only ends once everyone has seen the initial hider. We played this game in a semi-forested area called WeGo Park. It was pitch black except for the bright full moon. Between 11.30 to 12, we played about two games. The first game went great, with each of us adjusting to the new environment and competition. However, it was pretty creepy even before what happened next. The second game started fine. However, it became more disturbing as two friends and I were grouped, trying to find the hider. I, along with them, moved very slowly to avoid crunching on leaves or stomping on grass to hear for possible hiders. And soon enough, one after another, we all heard something. I was the first person to hear anything. I quickly split off to find a quiet spot to hear something again. And very soon I heard a rustling in the bushes from a small concrete pathway that went through the park. 
The brush was up against a wooden fence. That was the border of someone's backyard, I do believe. So, when I heard rustling coming through, I stood still to see if it was just an animal or if it was my friends who had initially hidden in the bush. A few seconds later, I heard a whispering from that same bush. So in a goofy moment, I rushed towards the bush, saying, I hear you, to see if I could scare whoever may be in the bush. But my friends did not respond. I started walking away when I heard a whisper again. However, this time I understood what it said. Whoever was in the bush was repeating, I hear you, back to me. But it just sounded wrong. As soon as I heard this, I returned to the small group of friends still seeking and told them about what had just happened. Their response shocked me even more. One of them said that earlier when they were seeking alone, they saw a pair of legs sticking out of the same bush and heard rustling. After all of us talked about the eeriness of the bush, we slowly walked back to the base, a tree on the other side of the park. We soon found the hiders and told them what had happened to us. They were hiding far away from the bush, across the park from the bush to be more precise. We were getting things ready to go when the same friend from earlier noticed a flashlight or a phone flashlight shine from where the bush was. Naturally, this freaked all of us out. Heading back home, we were all trying to comprehend what had happened near the frontier. Suppose it was some homeless guy or just an animal, even though it responded to me yelling at it. Whatever it was, I really hope I never experience it again when we're back at that park playing. Morgan Hill Spooky Experience by I'm Lost Help Me Before the pandemic, this happened some time ago, and I'll avoid using individuals' real names to ensure nobody gets in trouble. Our story starts with myself and two of my best friends, Chris and Andrea. One night, after smoking and being bored, we three talked about ghosts and exploring abandoned places. I knew of a local haunted school about five minutes away that we could walk around. It had a first and second floor, and weirdly enough, most of the hallways were outside. Chris and Andrea seemed super into the idea, and we headed over there. Once we got to the school, it didn't feel as spooky as the usual times I had gone by myself, but it was still just as fun walking around the school smoking a joint with my friends. Andrea started fiddling with her phone and inviting her girlfriend and a few of her other friends to come, who I didn't really know, but they seemed chill. After about 15 minutes of hanging around the school, Andrea's friends drive up and mention, Hey, there's an even creepier place like 30 minutes down here called Morgan Hill. We can get into it pretty easily. I was hesitant at first. I was super stoned at this point and I knew that I'd have to drive to and from this place and, and personally knowing the Morgan Hill area, it's entirely pitch black out there at night. However, my interest peaked when Andrea's friend started describing the place. She described it as not a typical home with a secret passageway inside. I was intrigued. I got into my car with Andrea, her friend, and Chris while the other two friends, I don't remember their names, I only met them once, drove out to this house. The drive there had me quite nervous. There weren't many streetlights illuminating the road and almost no cars were passing by. The street was very narrow, and once it started climbing into the hills of Morgan Hill, it would wind and weave up it. It didn't help that while I was doing this, Andrea's friend had stuck her whole upper half of the body out of the window and was pretending to be Superman. After all of this, we finally arrived at the house at the top of one of these massive hills, and it's not as dark as the drive up because of the moon. The house had a few street lamps around the grounds as well. 
No cars except for some construction vehicles and one giant chain-link fence surrounding the property. Andrea's friend, who I will call Superman for now, walked us around the chain-link fence until we saw a sizable gap between it. Easily we slipped through and walk up the driveway. Immediately the first thing we were seeing were doors that were wide open. The garage door, the inside garage door, hell, a second door leading up to some weird stairs was even open. Even the front door was wide open, so naturally we walk in and there is little to note here. It's a big house, like huge, but completely empty. I didn't go into all of the rooms, it was just so massive. There was also so much plastic tarp lining the walls and some hanging from the ceiling so you couldn't see too much. You'd have to pick up the plastic and throw it over you to come deeper into the house. So after a few minutes, Superman and her two friends just started running through the house, playing tag and just screaming, having a great time, while Chris, Andrea, and I head up the staircase we find. As I'm walking up this staircase, I notice the hallways lead to six rooms in front of me in a large open area with a vast window viewing over the city behind me. And I'm thinking, how much does this place cost? This is a giant house in California on a hill looking over the city of Morgan Hill and San Jose. Most of these rooms were empty except one room with a bookcase. As soon as I see this bookcase, Superman comes up the stairs and proclaims, I see you found it. I'm a bit confused and I'm sure she sensed this as she approached the bookcase and said, help me pull this thing. So I walk over and start pulling this bookcase away from the wall and it swings open as if it were on hinges and opens to a small secret room. It wasn't a large room by any means, more significant than a walk-in closet, but it led to another staircase and had a small window inside looking over the front of the house. I'm equally intrigued and creeped out because this is a secret passageway, but why have it on your home in the first place? I walk down the stairs and end up in the garage and back into the first floor where Superman's two friends are still running around like crackheads. I walk back up the main staircase upstairs and find Chris and show him the bookcase. Their reaction was the same as mine. Why is it here? Why would they need a secret pullout bookcase leading to the stairway into the garage? Why? It doesn't really make sense. After searching most of the room, one of Superman's friends yells from downstairs, Hey, there's a giant hole in this room! We all looked around and slowly got to where the yelling was coming from. Sure enough, the entirety of the room we were looking at did not have a floor. Wait, that's not a room, it's just a shaft or an elevator they don't have done yet. Okay, an elevator at a house that goes down? That doesn't make any sense. The person who lives here has some serious cashola, that's for sure. But also, we're on the first floor and this hole goes down. Does that mean that somewhere under this house, they have some sort of lower basement? I don't even know how you would, uh... I don't even know how you would even make that happen. California is notorious for not having basements in their homes. So this one having a basement is already strange as it is. I had to see it, and before we left, I tried to make our way around the cellar. We were all looking for a third staircase leading down, and sure enough, after a few minutes, we find the stairs to the basement. Fumbling along the rail that leads down the stairs, we make it to the bottom, which is pitch black. No more light from the street lamps on the property, just absolutely black. I throw on the cell phone's flashlight and see that there is also a few rooms down here. I immediately look around and start walking away from the staircase where the elevator shaft was. And further down, it looked like there were three total rooms. On the left was this long narrow room and honestly I could see this being used for some sort of fancy wine or other alcohol storage, but the other two rooms were uh, anything but excellent. One room had a bench but different from a bar that you would move around. 
It was built into the wall, and the room was tiny, only a little larger than that of the staircase leading down to the garage itself, and the third room was probably the scariest for me, which after seeing this and thinking about it for years, really got me wondering, who the hell is the person who owns this house? In the middle of the last room, this was the furthest room away from the stairs, was a chair. But not just any standard chair, it looked like a dentist chair. But not quite the same. It had straps on it. Like whoever would be sitting there would be getting strapped in so they couldn't get out. But why was it here? Why, why was there a bench and a bookcase and why were things seeming so secretive? I, I don't understand and it's freaking me out the more we find. Seeing this shook Andrea and she and Superman started arguing about what this house was and how she even knew about it in the first place. We only stayed for a little while after this. While we were leaving at some point, Superman lost her phone and wallet outside of the house and we left them there. I still don't know what was going on with that house or anything at all, but I do know that shortly after this Superman started getting harassed by someone randomly and even worse, the day after she went and tried to find her phone, she couldn't find it anywhere, but we were able to track it and she was shocked to see it pinging about a block away from where she lived. She had gone and tried to place where it was saying her phone was, but they were still waiting for someone to answer at that location. From what I heard, the harassment on Superman lasted about probably three or four months before it stopped. So my apologies if this story wasn't super scary, but honestly this is the weirdest experience I've had while doing some urban exploration. Voice in my head by Out of My Element 1145. A little backstory. I'm from Northern California, the Sacramento area. All my life I wanted to be a cop. Spare me your anti cop comments, political thoughts, or ignorant BS regarding the profession, please. After the Army, I got hired as a sheriff's deputy in Sacramento area in the late 2011. Regular 12-hour patrol shift duties, answering calls, and doing standard cop stuff, and then I would go to CSI calls of very sad things, suicides and murders mostly. By early 2017, I was severely burned out and found a new purpose in life and quit. This story occurred at the end of 2016. I'm not religious at all, but I am spiritual. The house I grew up in was haunted by something severe and I've experienced my fair share of serious paranormal events but nothing since about the age of 15. I was about 33 years old when this, this whole thing started. In late 2016, I was working day shift patrol in a smaller town in our county. I got sent to the Safeway grocery store to report domestic violence that was occurring in the store. Being a deputy, I was alone and had no partner, but I have a backup that's coming and they're about 20 minutes away. It's reported that a young Hispanic male is slapping around a younger Hispanic female. It's over now, they are checking out and not fighting anymore. I show up and enter the store and immediately recognize these people. They are northern gang members. You see them now and again in the area, but it's semi-rural, and these people mostly lurk in Sacramento and don't come out to these small towns too much. We were about 30 minutes outside of the Sacramento city line. I won't go into the whole thing, but I could tell how they were dressed, talk, and appeared that they didn't mean very much good business. The dude had a teardrop tattoo on his face and a crap ton of tattoos on his neck. I knew what I was dealing with. They are compliant, saying nothing happened and agree to come outside to talk. I pat them down, separate them, handcuff them, sit them down at a reasonable distance apart from each other and start interviewing one half of the party to figure out exactly what went down and if anyone needs to go to jail. 
They are both sitting on the curb outside the store with their legs kicked out facing the parking lot. My back is to the parking lot facing the store. It's about 7pm in the middle of a weekday in a strip mall. There are dozens of people shopping and going about their business. As I'm talking to one of them, getting their half of the story and taking notes, I clear as day, hear the most beautiful female voice I've ever heard. It sounded smooth and like a really good computer AI. Like that customer service phone support AI that you can't tell is human or not, but it's just a little too perfect to be human. The voice spoke inside my head. This is not my gut feeling, inner monologue, sixth sense, training, or whatever you would call it. It was outside. It was something that was not mine, or from my thoughts, and it was beaming inside my head. All that it was saying was, turn around. At the same time that it took them to say turn around, maybe a split second, I simultaneously saw my entire life flash in front of my eyes and then saw a Hispanic man in his 30s wearing blue jeans, Adidas shoes, and a red plaid long sleeve, logger gang member shirt walk up behind me and shoot me in the back of the head in the parking lot. It was like a 33 year long movie of my entire life just played in half a second inside my head. So when a disembodied voice tells you to do something, you do it. I turned around and the exact person I saw in my vision of me dying wearing the same clothes with the same actual cars in the backdrop behind him as if it were a picture walking behind me was literally 15 feet from me. Like the guy from my vision, the exact person is now standing behind me. I confront him without pulling out my gun and immediately can tell this dude is legit and is up to no good and is trying to sneak up behind me purposely. I'm a professional but firm, trying to address the situation and at the same time process what had just occurred. I don't have time to deal with this guy and the other two detained persons. The short of it is, is that the two people arrested are his friends and he wanted to see what was happening as he was concerned for their well-being. Yeah, no, he gets told to fuck off or he's going to go to jail. And he agrees that's a good idea. He walks away into the parking lot and disappears from the view amongst the cars. Like, walks away quickly, 100 meters and appears to be gone. I go back to interviewing one half of this domestic violence situation and about a second later, the same thing occurs like as the first time. Voice, vision, gang member, etc. Same thing. I turn around and again pull out my gun. I regret not pointing the gun at him and telling him to get on the ground. I would love to know if he had a gun, but I suspect he did based on how he was walking, holding up his pants at the belt buckle and moving behind me. I ask my cover officer to expedite with lights and sirens and the second guy hears the sirens and he quickly walks off into the store and disappears. Don't ask me why I didn't do what I knew was right and as I was trained to do, point a gun and detain him. I just didn't. All I could think of is I wanted this asshole away from my presence. I don't want to search for him, get near him, talk to him, or deal with anything about him. All I want now is for him to not exist and to be gone. He had horrible energy, like almost evil. I've only felt that energy coming from one other person maybe twice in my life. People that have experienced this might know what I mean. And that's essentially it. My partner shows up, we deal with the couple, and the male basically goes to jail for beating on his girlfriend, and she does her business. I go into the store with my partner to look for the gun guy, and we never find him. He must have gone out another entrance. I didn't mention it to anyone for years, and definitely not to any other cops, as they would have taken me off the streets. I can't prove it occurred other than my word. One of the single craziest things that have ever happened to me. I've heard a lot of other weird stories as a cop from other cops regarding hauntings and bizarre stuff, but this was very mysterious. Take the report as you will, and I hope you enjoyed it. La Baranza by Anonymous Hey, it's me again. 
I sent in a story before, and I have another story to share. This story is not mine, but of a town close to my dad's hometown. I heard this story from my grandma during dinner one day, and I was horrified and disgusted with what happened in La Barranza in Guanajuato, Mexico. I don't know the names of these people I'm about to tell, but let's just call them Raul and Cecilia. So, one day, there was a woman named Cecilia who was mad at her son Raul, and Raul was angry at his mother for being mad. And from what I have heard, Raul was a good man. He was an average 17-year-old hardworking kid and had a lovely girlfriend. Then the next day, they were even madder at each other, so that's when Raul left the house for the whole day until the night. When he was going to come back home, he had planned to do something truly gruesome and evil. Cecilia kept the house locked because there had always been terrible stuff happening in the area, and in this small town, crime was definitely nothing to turn a blind eye to and so she was always aware of her door being closed and locked. And one night at around 1 a.m. when she was sound asleep, someone broke into her kitchen window, and that woke her up immediately. She was a very light sleeper, so she went to check it out, and she was horrified by who she saw. It was her son, Raul. He broke the kitchen window with his bare fist, and she saw blood on them, and she saw that he had a machete. He ran and brutally slaughtered her with it, and what he did next was very evil and disgusting. He chopped up her body parts, carved out her eyes, and left them in the restroom shower, and then raped her. Then the police showed up. A neighbor of Cecilia called the cops when she heard a window breaking and screaming. The police immediately handcuffed Raul and arrested him. The next day, Cecilia's husband, or son, I don't really remember, had arrived at the house after being notified of what happened. When he went to the bathroom, he was terrified and heartbroken at what he found. He found his mom's eyes in the shower. Cecilia was a good friend of my grandma and aunt, they said, and she didn't deserve to die in that disgusting way. I don't know what else happened, but I do know that Raul is still in prison. I hope that bastard never gets out of there for what he's done and lives there for the rest of his miserable life. A new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true small town horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. As always, if you have a story you would like to share in a future episode, whether it's from a small town or something else, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or r slash thedarkswamp on reddit. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that help keep this show going on a daily basis. If you enjoyed today's video and liked these stories, please be sure to hit that like button extra hard for me as it helps the video grow. Subscribe to the channel if you're new as that helps us grow on YouTube. 
And if you're listening to this on Apple Podcast or Spotify, don't forget to give us a five-star rating over there as we grow on those platforms. And the more the swamp grows its ever-expanding waters, the more stories we have to share. Let me know in the comments down below what story was your favorite tonight. If you made it all the way to the end, be sure to comment today's code word, Silky Worm, to confuse anybody who didn't make it to the end, and it's always fun to see what kind of cool comments you guys come up with these words. Thank you guys so much for supporting the swamp the way you do. I'll see you all soon with another creepy video.